This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We have uh, quite a few visitors. Uh, A lot of people have come in with Pastor Earl Coronan. So welcome to all the visitors. And if you didn't come in with Pastor Earl, but you're still visiting, welcome. And for those who are worshiping with us online, uh, blessings to you as well. I'm Clayton Wilfer. I'm the pastor here at Joy Church. We have just a couple of announcements, and then I'll have Pastor uh, Earl come up and give a, uh, a presentation to talk about world missions. So we have our movie night coming up, and there are tickets on the chairs. You don't need a ticket to actually attend the movie, but this is a way to share uh, the movie with others. So this is the week to really share, give those tickets away. When we leave today, there should be no tickets on the chairs, okay? Take all the tickets, give them to friends. This is a a really good movie. It has golf, okay? This is a big golf area, right? It has golf. It has horses. It has a rodeo. It has a love interest. It has faith. It has purpose. What more could you want? So there you go. And free popcorn, (laughs) And it also has Robert Duvall. He's starring in it. Okay, so that's this Saturday, 7 p.m. Then uh, next Monday, March 4th at 8 a.m. is the men's breakfast. That's at Phil's Filling Station. Uh, There is a sign-up sheet on the table over there. There's actually a sign-up sheet for everything. But uh, if you could, just so uh, they could see how many men might be attending that. Also, please remember, there's signs up, sign up for our fellowship for helping with coffee. Uh, there's also door monitors sign up. So please visit that table. Also, next Monday, Hands of Joy, Monday, March 4th, 10 to noon. And those are for people who like to crochet or knit. And uh, that's meeting here. It'll be back in the Bible study room. And then for our Lenten series, we're doing What is the AFLC? Started that last Wednesday and talked about the history, uh, the history and the fundamental principles of the AFLC. There are handouts over there uh, if you are interested, and they are uh, standing fast in freedom. So that's kind of the history, but also a very, very important one that I will be referencing this Wednesday is, do you really want the congregation? And we're going to focus on what does it mean to be a free and living congregation? Important messages. Okay, are there any other announcements that should be made that I might have missed? Jim. Okay, so there's a typo. For those... For those who are visiting, welcome. (laughs) I am well known for my typos. Um, Yeah. Congregation. So the G is, the second G is silent and missing. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right. So uh, I'm going to uh, play a video, and then Pastor Cornyn will come up and uh, give us a, a talk about world missions. The world is broken. In 
and needs the healing power of the gospel. The good news of Christ is for every tribe, nation, and tongue. And that's why we go. By God's grace, our missionaries are sent out to serve others for the sake of the gospel. In Mexico, Paraguay, Brazil, Uganda, India, and beyond. And as they go, they proclaim the good news of Jesus so that people may come to know him as Lord and Savior. Our missionaries are sharing the love of Christ in word and deed, prioritizing compassion ministries for those in need, leading VBS and Bible camps for children, youth, and families, along with hosting evangelistic meetings. As we proclaim, we also plant churches. We believe the best way for people to be reached for Christ and grow in Him is to be part of a free and living local Lutheran congregation. Establishing and planting churches founded on the solid foundation of God's Word has been central to the vision of AFLC World Missions. As people grow in their faith, we equip them. Our hope for churches is that nationals be equipped by the Word and Spirit of God to live out their faith and lead their congregations. Training the next generation of national servant pastors and leaders is vital to carrying this out. Go. Proclaim. Plant. Equip. This is the vision of AFLC World Missions. Join us as we strive to follow the calling of Christ and make disciples of all nations. There we go. Ah, thank you. Thank you for your hospitality, your warm welcome, um, Pastor Wilfer, for allowing us to come back uh, in 2024. We were here uh, just a year ago in January, and I want to start by just uh, saying how grateful we are for your partnership in the gospel. Uh, this congregation has been a blessing to our, our office and to specifically Matthew and Edna Abel and as they are serving down in Paraguay. And they just had a baby two weeks ago, so the family is growing, and they have missionaries, uh, missionary assistance with them. And I just thank you for your support. I want to start with that for sure. Uh, on the table in the back, uh, please help yourself afterward to some uh, resources. We have prayer cards for our, our missionaries. We have a bookmark and a map that tells you where they're at. And I'd encourage each family to take one of these family albums. It talks about each of our mission fields, how you can be involved, there's even email addresses if you want to uh, contact one of our missionaries and find out uh, their prayer requests and encourage them that way. 
uh, they would be blessed. So we are uh, on our way home to Minnesota, uh, trying to beat the snow that I hear is coming. But uh, we've been at a world mission uh, vision and planning retreat, visiting with our missionaries via um, uh, video calls. Uh, we've been in the Palm Springs area this past week. So uh, we're grateful to report to you uh, of the work that's happening around the world. Um, Pastor Wilfer, thank you for the encouragement. I, you know, I, I just kind of want to take you with me to a few countries because what you are doing here, yes, what you are doing here in this, in this community is what we try to do on each mission field. And maybe a special prayer request from me is, would you please pray for us as we go to Uganda in March? Uh, the government's made it very difficult for our missionaries to stay in Uganda now. There's some political things going on. The Joris are staying home. The Rons are having difficulty getting their work permit uh, renewed. And uh, we're, we'll be over there in a couple weeks um, talking about free and living Lutheran congregations. And, and that, that's a special prayer request from me. So let me take you along the world uh, in a few moments here and talk about missions. Uh, here is the best definition I ever found about missions. John 1. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother, Simon, and said, we have found the Messiah. So we need to find a way to tell people we found the Messiah. That video, that short video that was shown, starts with the phrase, the world is broken. That's, this is why we go, we proclaim, we plant churches, and we equip them. Because people need to know there's a Savior for the mess that we're in in this world. And we don't have to look anything beyond a, a news headline to see that the world's in a mess. So that's, that's missions. Missions across the borders, but ministry here. So you can use that same definition. What is ministry? It's just finding somebody to tell, I found the Messiah. I found Jesus. And I, it's my joy to share that with you. That's ministry. Very quickly, 60 years of AFLC World Missions, Brazil, Mexico, India, uh, Mexico missionaries on the ground, not just a, an affiliation with the church body, uh, Uganda and Switzerland, and finally Paraguay. So that's the outline in the next few moments I'll take you through. Starting with our number one prayer warriors, they're sitting over there. Uh, we've never had so many out of state with us before, but uh, Elika and Terry uh, in the middle of the picture there, and their three children, uh, they're down at an Airbnb in Mesa, uh, just for a few weeks here, and they've come up to visit us here this morning. Uh, Christina, on the right side of the screen, is our, our daughter. She's our youngest. Uh, she's visiting for the weekend, so this just works great for her to be here. Uh, in the back is our son Caleb. He's at our seminary in, in Plymouth, Minnesota. And our son Daniel in the back, uh, towards the right there, is in Valley City, North Dakota, working with crop consulting and agronomy. Uh, so I show that to say we are empty nesters, but our we, uh, we represent you on the mission field, but our, our families uh, pray for us. They usually know where we are. Um, they're the only ones that probably know where we really are. And Wanda. I should m mention Wanda is here too, our office manager. She holds the office together for world missions, and she's been a, a key communicator with congregations like yours. And uh, I hope our visit with you uh, makes it possible you can think, oh, if we want to know something, we can just send them an email. We can send Wanda an email and find out, What's going on in world missions? So this is Brazil. And in Brazil, our oldest mission field, Paul and Becky Abel, have been there for 40 years now. They're entering their 40th year of ministry, wanting to retire kind of, but if they retire a little bit, it'll still be, they'll be still more active than most of us. They are very busy.
would recognize the song. In Brazil, worship is very much like here in the States. congregations Paul and Becky Abel have planted and now are attending, and they have the ministry of the Arca Bible Camp right next door, uh, very in the same neighborhood as the church. There's the Arca Bible Camp, uh, very active with youth and children's ministries. Jonathan and Tamba Abel, a brother, uh, they've been in uh, the northern part of the state of Paraná, Brazil, and they're about 37 years on the field, 36 years, something like that, and this is their congregation, which reminds me very much of joy. Uh, the sanctuary is very similar, a little higher, and then they have the fellowship hall upstairs because the, the lot size is very restrictive. But you can see uh, community evangelical Lutheran uh, living. There's the sanctuary. I mean, it almost looks like we have the same chairs this morning. Um, very welcoming. They want the community to, as they're walking by, to be able to come right inside and then stay for fellowship upstairs. Um, here's the, a picture from last year when they took the youth to Bible camp. This is a precious picture to me. In our AFLC, we have a history of uh, revival meetings and uh, gospel meetings, evangelistic meetings, Bible camps like the Arca and the other Bible camps in Brazil. And these young men, you can see they're excited to go to Bible camp. Those three young men can change Brazil. God gets a hold of their heart. And with all of us, God is looking for those who are, are totally after him. Also in Brazil is our Seminary Theological Lutheran Living, Satel. Uh, and I love the, the word on the bottom. It's got numbers after it. Can anybody guess what that might be? Yes, you know Portuguese. There it is. Uh, I think they get it better than we do. We should spell phone the same way they do in, in Portuguese. Maybe Phil's filling station could be phone like this. Yeah, I was noticing that. Johnny Sliver is on that same campus with the Miriam Children's Home. Uh, the children that are taken from situations where they're in danger and they at the Miriam home for a while, adopted out or else given to close family members or else maybe the parents ha have gotten their life in order. But pray for Johnny. She's a great communicator. There's the Miriam children's home. And the only thing missing from that picture is the children. They were, they were inside at the time I took that picture. John and Hannah Lee are home on furlough, but he's teaching at our seminary and Bible school there in Brazil. And their children were missing one of the children from that picture. Uh, little Jeffrey is missing. That's Jack, the youngest there. Pray for John and Hannah as they visit the congregations uh, through the, the month of June here. Uh, this is one of John's, uh, John's ideas at the seminary and Bible school. Those students are translating works of like Rossinius, uh, the fundamental principles, the different resources we have, translating them into Portuguese. Never been translated into Portuguese before. So there's a ministry fund that people have given to that pays these young people to not leave campus in the afternoons, but instead to get paid to tra do translation work. It's having a wonderful effect. The WMF Bible studies, they're going years back and translating all of those into Portuguese for the women's ministries. It's been such a blessing. In fact, uh, one of the students was tearful, as he was telling me, about what the translating work has meant, understanding the scriptures. Mexico, our, our second mission field, this is Zacatecas. It's right in central Mexico where all the drug traffic goes. So there's a lot of violence. Todd and Barb Shurkok have been there for uh, 27, 28 years now. And uh, they are doing uh, work in Jerez, Mexico. 
uh, actually looks a lot like the valleys here of, of Arizona. But Todd and, and Barb have a wonderful children's ministry. Uh, what you see is the sanctuary there. I believe it's about 16 by 16. Uh, it's not very big. There's a door right behind that last row. The people love Todd. You can see uh, the uh, abuelo, abuela uh, giving him a hug there, that sweet grandmother. And uh, the children come for kids club. They leave their bicycles everywhere and come inside to learn about Jesus, to be participating in a craft. Pray for Todd and Barb. Uh, the security situation's gotten a little better, but it's not safe enough where we can send teams down to be with them. There's, uh, there's still some violence in the area. Andhra Pradesh, the state of Andhra Pradesh is in India, and this is uh, the red area. That is where our work is uh, in India. And there are 55 congregations like yours in India. They worship a little differently. Uh, the, the sanctuaries are narrow, and they sit on the floor. Uh, some of the elderly people can sit on chairs in the back, but most of, most of the people sit on the floor. I love this sign. It's in Telugu, but it's also in English. He is risen, advertising Easter services. This is our leadership. Pastor Luther and Vardini, he was trained uh, at our seminary in Minneapolis. And then uh, son-in-law, Reinhard, and daughter Sheba, uh, we're trying to get them here, trying to get him at least for some seminary training. Pray for them as they work in the congregations. This was a service on January 18th. We were there for this church dedication, one of our special projects. Brand new church, just a simple church. Again, fellowship hall on the roof, not on the upper floor, on the roof. And you can see most sitting. Uh, this was a dedication service. Lots uh, of excitement as um, the, the church was dedicated. Emmanuel and Hadika work with the youth, the children's ministries, the Horeb children um, that are needy children, kind of not an orphanage. We can't do those anymore in India. Uh, they have to be separated out into homes. So the widows in the congregations, our AFLC congregations in India, take in the needy children, and the sponsorship program we have allows them to be able to give them food and clothing and pay some of their tuition for school. And these are the, the folks that are ahead of that. Emmanuel and Hadika, dear friends, there's some of the children in the, in the, the Horeb children's ministry. Uh, I like this video, Jesus. And for you who are proofreading, can you proofread the banner in the back? Association of Free Lutheran what? Yeah. So, no, he didn't do it. Um, when that was brought up this morning, I immediately thought of this slide. I thought, oh, they're going to enjoy this. But we see those things. But children's Bible classes and the Telugu is their, their mother tongue. But so many know English. They teach English in the schools, having the British influence there in India. So we can do ministry quite well with, with children's ministries there and, and translators, of course, in all the congregations when we visit. So pray for those 55 congregations. This is a, a medical camp that they do in the name of the AFLC, the funds that we send for that too. Um, Dr. Sheba, that's uh, Pastor Luther's uh, daughter, and they're doing a wonderful ministry there too. Some more children in a Sunday school. And then we're going to jump over the ocean uh, to uh, Uganda, there of Africa. The line to the middle of your screen is the equator. So I like to say it's 82 degrees today in Uganda. It's 82 degrees, and it may be raining, it may be sunny, but it's 82 degrees probably. Uh, it's a great place to do ministry that way. So in Uganda, uh, Brent and Emily Ron are home on furlough right now. And we just got the news um, last week that his work permit was, his, his appeal was denied. So the government is very, um, the Biden administration and their, their views on homosexuality, they've taken funds from Uganda over the issues that Uganda is very conservative. 
And the governments are fighting, and they're starting to say, we don't want Americans here. So uh, right now, Brent and Emily are having a tough time. Pray for them. Uh, in the appeal process, whether they should appeal again or where, if the Lord's closing a door for Uganda for them. Uh, this is uh, the office Brent uses, very simple, but he's able to teach uh, the scriptures there. These are example of one of the villages. And it's, it's mission work. Um, Rachel, this probably looks a lot like Africa for you, doesn't it? It looks a lot like Chad. And as we, we think of uh, the ministry going forth, these people need the gospel. Michael Rokenbrut is a seminary student and a seasonal missionary. So he goes half-time seminary, and then the other part of the year, he's over in Uganda. So he's able to go back and forth on a tourist visa. So we're grateful for that, and he wants to keep doing this even after he's uh, been ordained. So pray for Michael, uh, very gifted in the arts and with, um, with drama ministry as well. That is Lake Victoria in Uganda. A lot of the ministry happens around that lake body and here's the leadership group. Now, the missionaries and the Westerners, all us fair-skinned folks in the picture, except for Michael, the upper left, it looks like the Lord is removing from the ministry because it's difficult to be there. But that leadership team, they love Jesus. They love to keep ministry going. And many of them, one, two, three, or four in that picture, are a part of a, a gathering that we'll be meeting with um, and trying to establish the the fundamental principles of the AFLC with them. We'll be meeting with them in March. So please pray for us as we meet with them. Those are all dear friends. They love Jesus, and I can just hear them singing as I, as I look at the picture even. Here's a mission field that many are not familiar with that we have. It's Switzerland. In Geneva, Switzerland is Augusto and Daisy Fury. Augusto and Daisy moved their family to Geneva for, for work, and they, they got a part, to be a part of this church, and then the pastor left and took a call somewhere else so what do you do? You ask the layman, uh, can you preach, Augusto? Can you preach on Sunday? Augusto was part of church planting for his whole life in Brazil with uh, John and Ruby Abel and then Paul and Becky Abel. So he's, he knows what the church is. And, and that was about seven years ago. He's still preaching every Sunday. He's driving truck full-time, preaching every Sunday. We're looking for a congregation that could somehow be a, a sister congregation. And maybe we could come up with some funds so he wouldn't have to work full-time, but could maybe work a quarter time for the church and ministry. So that's something we're working on. Uh, very beautiful. This is Lake Lemon, the Swiss Alps in the background. If you ever visit, please contact me or, or look up Augusto and, and visit the congregation. They'll be encouraged. This was Reformation Sunday a year ago, and uh, the new members, you can see that the countries are coming to Geneva. It's a mix, a melting pot, uh, beauty, and the, those coming to know Jesus. And there was uh, multiple baptisms that day, people that had never been baptized before came and joined the church and just grateful for them. And here's some folks you know, Matthew and Ed and I, and we're missing the little guy from this picture, but uh, new Levi Emmanuel, two weeks old now, tomorrow, I guess, uh, but Matthew and Ed and I serving in Paraguay. There's the kids club, the, they call it the John, Jao, uh, for John, like St. John, the, the light, the gospel of John, Jesus is the light of the world, and of course, you are the light of the world. Uh, this group is uh, fascinating. The picture right there, it's one of those awnings. You know, it looks like the craft and arts fair down here, doesn't it? They, they set these up every Saturday for Kids Club. And uh, there's a wonderful project that's almost financed now to put up a pavilion on the property they have, which will have a metal roof and sides and bathrooms and running water so the kids' club can be active every Saturday without all the teardown and set up in the cow pasture is what they're actually in there. This is the congregation, their first church service, September 15th, 2021. 
We're grateful for that group. And there's a couple that's visiting there from Radcliffe, Iowa. Uh, they are Zach and Carrie Ritland are visiting them right now and praying through whether the Lord has a place for them in missions. So we're praying for them as they visit that congregation. How did that congregation start? I've been asked that. Well, Matthew started a fire. And then the Lord started a fire. So this is a, a bonfire with praise every Thursday night at 2030 in front of the sausage shop. Everybody knows where the sausage shop is. Famous sausage shop. They, they, have a, they bought a grocery store across from the, the um, sausage shop, changed it into a sanctuary, and then in the courtyard on the side, they had a bonfire every Thursday night. And people coming by, what's going on? Oh, we're going to join you in singing. And then why don't you come back and join us on Sunday for worship? And, and that's how the congregation was born in Via Rica, uh, Paraguay. So continue, and I know you will. And there's tremendous support for Matthew and Ednai. There are ways to go journey missions. We offer ministry trips, one to three week missionary trips, or a missionary assistant that can live there for a period of time. Uh, most of all, we're asking for your prayer with AFLC World Missions. I know you've been praying, you've been giving, and uh, we just appreciate and let us know what we can do uh, for you to, to help you pray more effectively. I think that's important. Prayer updates from Matthew and Ednai. If, if he doesn't respond to your emails, let me know, okay? And we'll, we'll let Wanda know, and he'll be in big trouble. No. Uh, Matthew's a great communicator, too, and we want our, our prayers to be specific so we can praise God when, when those are answered as well. So thank you for the opportunity to share, and, and please pray for us as we go and share the work, too, uh, both here in the States and then as we visit the, the missionaries in the mission fields internationally. So thank you. So, for those who are visiting today, uh, we do everything we do for the sake of Jesus Christ and the gospel, of sharing the good news so that souls may be saved, so that people are followers of Jesus. We contribute to the church, we contribute to the ministry, because God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Amen. Will you please stand as you are able? We begin our time of worship in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our call to worship is from Psalm 86. Together, please. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. And indeed, let's lift up our voices this morning then. On eagle's wings. And he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn. Make you to shine like the sun and hold you in the palm of his hand. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in his shadow for life, say to the Lord, my refuge. 
in whom I trust, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings. There you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand. The snare of the fowler will never capture you, and famine will bring you in the palm of his hand is through his love, his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. So let us as a body come before him, confess our sins, and receive his forgiveness. Together, please. Gracious God in heaven, we bow before you to confess to you that we have sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. We have walked in pride we have not been as thankful or forgiving as you would like us to be. Help us to show forth the fruits of your Spirit, the love, joy, and peace that you have shown to us. And forgive us for all our wrongdoing, even those stubborn habits that we struggle with. For we pray this in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.
If that indeed is your confession with a repentant heart, I declare to you the wonderful news that Christ declares, your sins are forgiven. Amen. You may be seated. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you that in Christ Jesus we are forgiven, that in Christ Jesus we are made new, that in Christ Jesus we have our salvation. So we praise you, gracious God, for that gift. We praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. And Lord God, we come before you. We lift up our prayers for healing. The list just continues to grow, gracious God. There are so many people that we care about that need to be healed. And so this morning, we lift up Linda S. We continue to pray for Betsy and for Phyllis. We pray for Susan for Jan W. We lift up Lynn and Fred, for Judy B and Judy T, for Nicole, for Bud and Heidi. And gracious God, we lift up the friends that we have. And so we pray for Katie and Lisa. We pray for Susan Smith. We lift up Adam and Claude and Rita. Our hearts go out for Nancy and Ione, for Todd and Allie, for Gary, for Sue and Tim. Lord God, our hearts sometimes just ache and are overwhelmed with the healing that needs to be done, that needs to happen, that we desire to have happen. So we lift all of this up to you, trusting in your will, Lord, in your mercy. We pray this morning for those who are in need of faith, who don't know Jesus at all, or who are weak and wavering in their faith. Gracious God, give us the words to help them, but more than anything, send your Holy Spirit to work that miracle of faith in their lives. And we continue to pray for the protection of all human life from the moment of conception to the moment of death, we pray for them, knowing that life is precious because you are the author of life. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for a zeal for discipleship, not a tepid desire, but a zeal truly to make disciples of all nations. And so this morning, we lift up uh, Pastor Earl, we lift up Earl, uh, World Missions. We lift up all of the AFLC missionaries. We pray for their well-being. We pray that you would open doors where there seems to be sh being shut by governments. We know that your word does not come back void. So we pray for all of our missionaries. We pray for their financial well-being as well. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the AFLC, that more men would heed the call to be pastors, to shepherd the flock, 
And we specifically lift up St. Peter Lutheran in Illinois and Christian Free Lutheran in Iowa. Lord, in your mercy, we thank you for the ministerial in this town. And this morning, we pray for Calvary Chapel, for Pastor Rick. We pray that you would grow that congregation as well, that the gospel is boldly proclaimed, that you would encourage that congregation. Lord, in your mercy, we thank you for Joy Church here. We thank you for the work that you were doing here, the life in the spirit that is present here. We ask that you would continue to guide us, to lead us, to grow us. Lord, in your mercy. And now we lift up our nation. We pray for all of our leaders throughout our nation that they may bow their knees to Jesus to lead by his truth and his righteousness. Lord, in your mercy. And now we take a moment to lift our own personal prayers unto you. We lift this all up in the name of Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. And now we'll have a sharing of God's Word. So the page numbers correspond to your pew Bibles. Now can you hear me? Our first reading this morning is attributed to uh, Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 22. Presumably it's on page 190 of your pew Bible. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. From your brothers, it is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. 
The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Second reading is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. This is Luke talking now. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. So ends the reading. Will you please stand as you are able for reading of the gospel? This is from Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is the word of the Lord. In response to God's word, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And we will be singing, We Believe.
this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there is only one foundation. We believe, we believe in this broken generation when all is dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than echoes, greater than the songs we sing, and in our weakness and temptations, we believe, we believe, we believe. God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that he conquered death, we believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again. Let the lost be found and the dead be raised in the here and now. Let love invade, let the church live loud. Our God will say we believe, we believe. And the gates of hell will not prevail. For the power of God has torn the veil. Now we know your love will never fail. We believe, we believe, we believe. God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that he conquered death, we believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back, he's coming back again. He's coming back again. We believe. We believe. I'm going to invite Pastor Earl to come up, and I'm going to go back to the soundboard to see if we can get his mic working. Otherwise...
All right, well, good morning again. We are grateful for the opportunity to look at God's Word together. The Part of the text was read during the Gospel, and we're going to continue on in Acts chapter 3. So please, if you have your Bibles with me or grab a pew Bible there and turn to Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 11 uh, through 26, would you please stand in respect for God's Word if you are able? And I'm going to read Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 11, following the healing of the paralytic, the one who was begging for alms at the temple gate called Beautiful. This is on the heels of that account of healing. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us? as if by our own power or piety had made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one who you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him to you. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life, the one who God raised from the dead, a fact to the wit a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of this faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. The faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, brethren, I know you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, Repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, the Christ, appointed to you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like like me from among the brethren to whom you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also has announced these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to really the ultimate reason for Jesus coming. It's the forgiveness of sins. It's our greatest need. Thank you that it's so clear in the scriptures, especially in this text. Would you open our eyes to your truth this morning that we can share that with joy to the world around us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. As was read earlier in Luke chapter 24, there was an assignment or there's a reason for ministry given after Jesus' resurrection. It was Luke chapter 24, and Jesus said specifically, and I want to remind us of this this morning, these are, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law and the prophets must be fulfilled. That brings us up to the cross, doesn't it, and the resurrection. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And here's the key that we want to look at. 
and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Maybe you can see why the world mission director likes this text. (laughs) It's why the Christian church, why we love this text. Following the resurrection, there was the great commission given. We read about that in Matthew. This is really the great commission of Luke, that the repentance of sins be preached through all the nations. And that's the title this morning. It's all about the forgiveness of sins. That's why we gather together to share this message that we have a great need, and it's our sin that separates us from God. And only by repentance of our sin and trusting in Jesus as that Savior as our personal Savior. That's the only way there can be forgiveness. And that is great news. That's the gospel. The law tells us we're sinners and we are condemned. And then the gospel, the sweetness of the gospel says, there is a Savior. It's Jesus. And that's the joy we have to proclaim this morning. There's a a good definition of repentance in Isaiah 55 verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return. It's going in a different direction. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Returning to the Lord is is repentance because by nature we are all running away from God from the moment of conception, we believe, don't we? The scriptures, we were born in sin, conceived in sin. That sinful nature we have. We confessed it this morning. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. We confess it. It's good to be reminded of this great truth of why we are here, what our ministry is. We're going to look this morning at the extent of God's forgiveness to three groups of people. Uh, Is it okay if I have a three-point message this morning? I'm going to tell you what they are. I, I felt a little guilty. I saw in the pews there it said sermon notes, and I thought, I probably didn't send Pastor Will for any uh, sermon notes to, to put in here, but the sermon notes, we're going to look at three groups of people. We're going to look at some curious people from our text. Those are the people we're going to see that were present, and this man was healed, whom they knew well. They knew it had happened, so they became very curious. So we're going to look at the curious group. We're going to look at God's enemies, and then we're going to look at, at us, uh, our, our day, this day of grace we're living in. The day that Jesus said would come, there would be a time that the forgiveness of sins could be proclaimed to all the nations. That's our time today. The first group of people are the curious people. Uh, Verses 1 through 12 was read earlier, or 1 through 10. And then in verse 11 and 12, they are amazed. Verse 11, they were full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied, why are you amazed? Why do you fix your gaze on us as if by our own piety or our godliness, our own greatness, we made him walk? It's not us, it's Jesus. The people were curious. They saw this healing. They, they were interested, and then they, they were interested enough and curious enough of what had happened that they stayed for the sermon. Isn't that what we hope to do in our communities? Provide something curious for our communities to say, why, why do the folks over at Joy, why, why, why do they have a peace about them? Or what, what is their joy? And who's made them so joyful? What is that that place all about? And oh, that we would be willing and bold enough to share. It's because of what Jesus has done in our life. I can have hope for tomorrow. And and when there's a death of a close friend or loved one, we don't grieve without hope. Because the scripture says that 
we will see them again with all that love Jesus and be united. We don't grieve without hope when God calls our loved ones home. That is strange behavior for the world. Jesus wept. There's an emotional loss. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. But we don't grieve without hope. And that is the tremendous promise we have. Be ready to share that with people. There's, there's death and sickness all around us. There's financial difficulties. There's hurting families. Matthew and Edni down in Paraguay, pray specifically for them because they are in a community, Via Rica, Paraguay, where they can't find a solid family unit. As an example, they are like the family unit in the city. And people are asking, what, how, why are you so different? This is our missionaries on the field. Often they're, they're the only stable family. We need to pray that their marriage is strengthened and that their family is strong. There's a young man that was curious about them. His name is Idu. It's short, I think, for Edward. <laughs> That's a good name. Idu met them in Asuncion, the capital of Paraguay. And he was so impressed. And he told me this personally. I asked him, I said, why have you moved from Asuncion, the capital of Paraguay, to Villarica, two hours away? He said, what this family has, I have never seen. And I want my life to be like this. They love one another and their children. I want to learn as much. So he chose to go to university in the same town and be a part of the church. He leads worship with them. Oh, that our, our testimony of Jesus would draw people to Jesus, to learn more about him, to study his word. And we see this happening. The curious people in this text, they were, they were curious because there was a healing. Now, today, that would be amazing too, wouldn't it? And, of course, some of the things we hear about where evangelists try this and it's revealed that it's trickery and it's fake and all this, Jesus was not a fake. And Peter and John, as they were coming in, they said, in the name of Jesus... Stand and walk. And there was this time of healing. But the greater need always pointed to the great, the, this healing always pointed to the greater need of the forgiveness of sins. Jesus went around healing, touching people. We know these wonderful gospel stories. But the healings were intended to create an interest in the greatest need of all is forgiveness of sins. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus healed a paralytic. And he, he made a comment that made the religious leaders very angry. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes, the Pharisees, became very angry, said, who does this man think he is? Jesus' response to that in Matthew 9, 5, and 6 was, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk? Now, the point Jesus was making is, he, we could look out at the crowd and say, ma'am, your sins are forgiven. Oh, sir, your sins are forgiven. Uh, young lad, your sins are forgiven. What, what proof is there? It's just talk if someone says something we can't see. But Jesus was explaining that to show that the Son of Man himself has authority to forgive sin, he was going to do a healing. Let me read on. What's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise and walk. But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin... He said to the paralytic, rise, take up your bed and go home. The reason for the healings in the scriptures were always to point to that greater need because it's all about the forgiveness of sins. That's the message we bring to people. 
That is why we don't have to say, Where, where's the power in the gospel? There, there are sick people. Well, the power of the gospel is my testimony that as a five-year-old, I understood what sin was, came under conviction of sin, and I realized the gospel was shared with me. It's Jesus that wants to forgive your sin. Would you trust in him and ask for forgiveness? And I can testify of the peace and joy Jesus gives. And many of you in this room, I know you have testimonies similar. Share those. Would you please start with your family, like the mission text we looked at? First of all, find your own brother and say, I found the Messiah. He forgave my sin. I met Jesus in the word. And there's a promise that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? (laughs) All unrighteousness. You see, it's all about the forgiveness of sins. That's what the gospel is. It comes in because we have that great need. Oh, that we would continue to create that atmosphere through our ministries, both in world missions and at joy here, that people would be curious. What, what, why are these people gathering together? Why are they doing this? Why are they serving? Why? It's because of Jesus. Let's share that with them. That second group of people, that was the first group of people, the curious. Also in our text, we have a group of people that I'm calling the enemies, God's enemies. Uh, Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified Jesus, the one who you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release Jesus. That was a very bold statement of Peter to say. He gets even bolder. You put to death the prince of life, the one who God raised from the dead. Do you see the correlation there? (laughs) God raised him from the dead and you put him to death? You tried to put him to death, but God raised him to dead, raised him to life. And even a correlation with this beggar who was now able to leap and be joyful and praise God, a fact which we are all witness to in verse 15. The enemies of Jesus, was there no hope for them in our text? <laughs> no, quite the opposite. They, they were curious about the healing. They stayed for the sermon. And by verse 19, here's the call. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The only way there is peace and joy in life is from receiving the forgiveness of sins. I wonder how much of the stresses in life and the mental illness, whatever we are struggling with as a people, how much can be attributed to unconfessed sin Bitterness, hurt, realizing nobody could ever forgive me for what I've done, these things. And God's word, the gospel is so sweet. It says there is forgiveness for every sin. If you are convicted of a sin, are you feeling sorrowful? There is forgiveness for you. That is the Holy Spirit working in your life. That is always good news. There is no sin that cannot be forgiven when there's a conviction of sin, when there's a sorrow over that. God's forgiveness even extends to his enemies. Really, aren't we God's enemies when we don't know him? Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So that, that's good news, that we are the enemies. Sometimes we think the enemies of God are just those that, that hate the gospel or want to get rid of all the Bibles or don't want to see churches anywhere and they want to close things up. No, people, we are, we are enemies without Jesus, and God's forgiveness extends to us, his enemies. 
Psalm 32, verses 3 and 5, David knew this. He said, when I kept silent about my sin, my, bo- my, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained as in the fever heat of summer. But then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. That text, I I always just picture this weight being taken off David. And that's where the joy comes from in life, of being forgiven, to know there is forgiveness. Another prayer request I have for you is for our our congregations in India. Those 55 congregations, uh, 39 of them have church buildings of one sort. Others are are, are meeting in different areas. But they're trying to reach a culture, uh, the Hindus, that have millions, hundreds of millions of gods. If, If there's an insect, an animal, a thing, a tree, they worship it, the Hindus. They, they, they just don't know any better. It's in, it's in the human heart to worship. We know we're created to worship something. We look at ourselves and say, I, who created me? And, oh, I must worship the sun, the moon, something, something outside myself. Pray for them that they could bring release from that human desire to think we have to do something to please God. We don't have to do something. It's been done. Even in Hinduism, it's, I must do, I must do, I must worship, I must give, I must decorate, I must make a trip and worship the monkey god, whatever it is. And as we travel through India, we see statues 79 feet tall. I thought that was big. A monkey god, 79 feet tall. Now there's a new one. It's 95 feet tall. You got to always make a bigger one, you know, because we're not doing enough. And it's a bondage. But there's sweet testimonies coming out of villages in India of Hindu families coming to trust in Jesus. This picture I showed of a church dedication earlier, uh, Karama Chudu, the church congregation there, they are a, a gospel witness, the only gospel witness in town. And the Hindus are curious. They're not really sure what to think about this church there. Um, they, they send their children to a tutorial program after school, and they're learning Bible songs. They get help with their homework, but they also learn scripture, and they learn Bible songs and Bible verses. And they have Bibles, and if the children want to take a Bible home in Telugu, their own language, they can take it home. Uh, just a few months ago, one of the families was very upset that you are, you're trying to proselytize our son. He's only there for math, helps, help with his arithmetic. No, no, we don't give him. If he wants a Bible, we let him take one. So our, our son asked for that book? Yes. Oh, well, well then I guess that's okay. So if we can get God's word in the lives of these people that are looking for the truth, ah, there can be spiritual life. There can be life in Jesus. Pray for that country as well, for all the countries where our missionaries are as well. We don't have missionaries in India. The government won't allow it. You can be there as a a social worker, uh, some humanitarian, but we cannot have pastors there. God's forgiveness extends to his enemies. Even those who are worshiping false gods, even those who... Worship something in America and have no time for God. God's forgiveness extends to them. It's offered to them if they will only receive it. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then finally, God's forgiveness extends to us, the third group of people. This day of grace, 
Uh, this is exciting for me because when I look at verses 20 through 26, it talks about one day the prophet saying one day there would be a Messiah coming. One day there would be someone who would come to make a final sacrifice for sin. And the temple rituals, you wouldn't have to do this anymore. And Peter says, this is that day. Verse 24, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announced these days. That was Peter's day. It's the New Testament era. It continues to this day. It's what Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. We read that in the beginning of Acts. God's forgiveness extends to this day. This day of grace has long been foretold, and it's for us. Isn't it good to know there's still time for ministry? 1 Corinthians 15.11. Paul was addressing the power of the gospel, and I need this encouragement today. He says, Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. I've meditated on that verse a little bit. Isn't that the way it works today? And and preach. We can if if preaching scares you, put the word proclaim in there. (laughs) We can proclaim the word. You can share the word with somebody. Whether it was Pastor Wilfer or myself, or the dear brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it was me or you. So we brought the word of God and people believed. Paul said, the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel because it can save. In Acts 16, verse 30 and 31, Paul and Silas were asked, Sir, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they responded, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Today is that day of grace. And this day of Christ, this day of grace, though, Scripture tells us also it's a limited time. There's an urgency in ministry that we have. Uh, there's, a, there's a few phrases. There's four phrases. Uh, in verse 20, he says that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed. This was planned. He may send Jesus. The, the idea is that Jesus is revealed to those whose eyes are opened. God's work is to open eyes. But there's also the idea that Jesus is coming back, just as he said. That's talked about in verse 21 here, that there's a period of the restoration of all things. Jesus is going to return, and and time will be up. In verse 23, there's a warning. Every soul that does not heed the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. If we don't take Jesus, we're lost. And verse 24, this is a blessing that these days have been announced. So these are the days of salvation. A couple questions here as we close. This paralytic, the one that was healed, (laughs) did he trust in Jesus? Well, verse 16 says, On the basis of faith in his name, it's the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. Sounds like he trusted in Jesus. Did the enemies of the day believe in Jesus? Did those who had persecuted Jesus and sent him to death, did they believe? Well, I kind of have a surprising answer for you here. In the next chapter, so I stopped at verse 26. Next chapter, verses 1, 2, 3, and then verse 4 tells us this. 
This ought to be great hope. But many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. Friends, we are in this day of grace still. God has had patience for 2,000 years now. And this is our generation. (laughs) Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. And it's a joy for me to be with you. And, you know, when we're visiting missionaries on the field, we remind them that there's folks back home, like you folks, in Fountain Hills that are are praying for Matthew and Edna. And, And places like India and Uganda, I know you folks are praying. Thank you for that. And this is our prayer that many that hear the message through us here in Fountain Hills and and beyond on the mission field would put their faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. There is great hope. And thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess every Sunday that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. Lord, help us to take that to heart. First of all, to be sure that our sins are forgiven. Lord, help us to to ask the questions of our pastor or a trusted Christian friend, if we don't know for sure that we're right with you, Lord, for you want all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray that you would continue to give this congregation boldness for their community. Give them a love, an undying love. Give them your love for each one around them. We thank you for the partnership in the gospel we celebrate today. May you be glorified through this word that has been proclaimed and through it as we take it to those that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. So in a moment, we will be celebrating a means of grace by which forgiveness of sin is proclaimed and received. And we receive it by faith. It is the Lord's Supper. So at Joy Church, we do the Lord's Supper two different ways. We do it first by procession, and then for those who desire individual cups, which are on the back tables. We'll do this side of the church first in procession, this side of the church second. Our Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after they'd eaten and he'd given thanks, he took the cup. He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many. For the forgiveness of sins, this do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The body of Christ body of Christ, the body of Christ for you. The blood of Christ shed for you.
the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to
For those who are doing the individual cups, please open the bread. The body of Christ given for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. Having received his body and his blood, be strengthened in your faith, knowing that through him all your sins are forgiven. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Will you please stand as you are able? Let us pray together as our Lord and Savior taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the benediction. This is from 1 Corinthians. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now our closing song, Standing on the Promises. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises Standing on the promises Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing on the promises, standing on the promises, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises, standing on the promises, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing on the promises, standing on the promises, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect present cleansing for the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises. Standing on the promises. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing on the promises. Standing on the promises. I'm standing on the promises of God. 
Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises, standing on the promises, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing on the promises, standing on the promises, I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have a blessed week, everyone.